What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matthew, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, before we get to the interview with Lindy, I'd just like to say that this will be my final episode with College Hockey Talk. College Hockey Talk will still be a platform. I just won't be involved with it anymore. I really enjoyed my time in this with this platform. It was so much fun getting the chance to build it host the podcast and also help grow the social media and I'm very proud of the accomplishments that I have had with College Hockey Talk. However, I explained in the interview a little bit, I just feel like it's time for me to move on and do something different and that's why I will not be with College Hockey Talk anymore. I'll release a statement sometime after this episode comes out, uh, just letting all the followers on Instagram know um, where I'll be heading. So if you want more uh, Matthew Cusack content, uh, feel free to follow the UConn Hockey Podcast. I'll still be doing that. Uh, for next season and this summer and I'll also be starting off a new blog website with my friend um, called the Hockey East Fan Blog. Uh, The website should be launched sometime in September but I'm really excited to be doing that uh, writing blogs about the conference and other things like that and also doing some podcasts with that platform as well so I'm looking forward to both those new opportunities as I feel like it will help me grow in my media career. However, we have Lindy Lobdell on today, and I couldn't think of a better guest to have on for my final interview, so I hope you guys enjoy our conversation, and once again, thank you so much for uh, listening to this podcast, following along, and I'm super excited to see where this platform ends up um, in the next few years. It should be, it's in good hands. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by Penn State women's hockey player Lindy Lobdell. Uh, Lindy is a Chicago Mission legend, and she had 14 points this past year uh, as being a first time being a sophomore. So welcome back to the podcast, Lindy, and thank you so much uh, for coming on again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, how's everything going for yourself? Obviously, the school year ended. So um, what have you been up to since the season ended? And uh, what are some of your offseason plans, I guess? So I actually just got home um, Monday, yesterday. And I was on vacation before that, and it was much needed. I just needed to relax, get a break from school and everything. And um, I actually started two classes, so not super happy about that, but I have to get it done. And um, I'm getting involved with uh, mission and, like, just seeing the girls, doing some skills with them and my dad. And we have, I have a same plan as I usually have, just – Training, lots and lots of training. Nice. Where'd you go on vacation? Cabo. Nice. I have no clue. I've heard of it before, but I actually don't know. Like, is it in like Europe or is it in um, the Caribbean? It's in Mexico. Oh, nice, nice. What'd you yeah. do down there? We stayed at a resort. It was me and uh, some of my other teammates, and it was it was really awesome. I've never been to Mexico before, so I haven't experienced anything like that, and uh, it was really nice. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a good time there. Is it like um, hard if you don't understand Spanish just because that's like the main language in Mexico? It can be, but um, most of my friends have studied Spanish. I just did, so we did okay. That's good. I just took a Spanish class this past semester, and it was honestly one of the toughest classes I've ever taken just because I've never taken a language before. So, But luckily I passed it, and I'm all set uh, for my junior year, so that should be fun. Yeah, I just finished my last class that I needed to take, so – 
for Spanish at least. That's good to hear. And obviously taking two classes this summer uh, is a little bit easier just because you don't have like, I guess, like actual games to worry about, like during a regular college season, um, doing those summer classes. Is that why you do them? Because I feel like most hockey players do a few each year. Yeah, I like to just throw a couple classes in the summer just because it's easier to handle um, with it being online and my schedule being a little more open. Um, once I get into like working and everything, it'll get a little bit more difficult, but I only have two classes just because I'm, you know, trying to get those ones out of the way, but it's okay. I I did it my summer going into freshman year too, and it was just good to get like like the gen ed requirements that you need out of the way. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. And is this going to be like your last two gen ed classes, I assume? Um, One of them is a gen ed and one of them is what I need to take to get into my major, which is finance. So I guess you could say it's Jenna, but the other ones were all like really basic, like speaking classes, um, you know, like grammar and stuff like that. And obviously hockey wise, like what are some things you're trying to work on uh, for the off season? Is it just the usual or is there anything specific you're going to try to focus on this, this summer? Um, I'm definitely wanted to focus on just like fundamental stuff. Usually when I come back, um, I work with certain coaches that really, really harp on that stuff, which I always think helps me and it uh, like sharpens me up a lot because at certain points, like we have our practices and then I have time to do my own things, but um, I just need to like get back to those fundamental things because th- I'm a huge believer in all of that helping everything. And obviously, like you said, you said you were going to be working with the mission this summer. Do you think that helps um, your game at all um, doing coaching side of things just because you kind of get a different perspective on the game, seeing how others play? Yeah, definitely. Um, So my dad works with the younger girls, the U12s, and I think just like, again, going through those things with them and seeing that like allowing them to see that I still make mistakes with what they do and it's like a building process. I think it's really cool to like learn from and see that different perspective. And then from the older girls, just seeing like different styles of play, because I remember being at Michigan, it's just like completely different than playing in college. And I just continue to realize that, but it just helps you learn and helps you like figure out what girls need to adjust to be prepared for the next level. That's awesome. Have you had, have you had the chance to meet the team yet? Any future college hockey stars or too young to find out for that? Uh, like girls coming into Penn State? No, for uh, the mission team that you're coaching. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know them too well because I've been so back and forth, obviously, but my dad would know that. Um, I know like a few younger girls, but I'm not really sure what they're up to right now because I haven't been home in so long. So, Yeah, it must be nice though, to be back home, especially after a long college year. So I'm glad things are going well on that end, but I kind of want to transition a little bit and talk a little bit about this past season. So you finished your sophomore year in college hockey. So how would you evaluate your team's performance this past year when you reflect on it now? Um, I, it was up and down. We had really amazing moments. Like I always like to talk about the Duluth game because I feel like we do our best when we play great competition. I think that's when we peak. And um, I thought we did so great that game. It was like so fun to be a part of and the tournament and everything. Um, but then, like, I've talked to you about this before, like, the mental side of things. Sometimes we lack, but we've been making huge strides to correct the mistakes that we made um, and just get on the little things because the details matter 
Yeah. And you improved a lot this past year as well compared to your freshman year. Like what was like the biggest improvement you made to your game uh, throughout your sophomore year compared to your freshman season? I'd have to say getting back in touch with my more offensive side of my play because I was worried about that coming in my freshman year because I know like it's not going to be the same as youth hockey. But then I it was like an awkward adjustment. And then this year I kind of fell into it more and like found my confidence again and really got back into that style. I think that was like a huge thing for me. And I know we've talked about this before, but one thing you were telling me was like how you wanted to improve your, like your skating abilities. And I felt like I saw that this year, especially like on the blue line, trying to keep pucks in the offensive zone. Is that something that you've noticed as well? Just because that's something I noticed. And I thought that was kind of a neat little thing that I thought was pretty cool. Cause I remember you telling me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We worked on that a lot. Um, we do a lot of D skills specifically and um, my work on the blue line. I, it's something that you have to like continue to like tweak until you can be totally comfortable. But yeah, I definitely felt better in that as I went on. Yeah. And I was watching one of the Penn state hype videos that they made and there was like a video of you breaking someone's ankles against RIT. So I just want to give a shout out on that. I thought that was a really cool highlight. I'm not sure if that was like from your freshman year or not, but I thought that was really sick. Yeah, it was for my freshman year. And that was the, the video they played before our games, our home games, at least. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely hyped me up for every game. When that happened, like what was going through your head? Because usually when that stuff happens, you're not really expecting it. So that must have been like trying to stay focused on the play and not kind of just think about what just happened. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I think I actually started laughing like the moment it happened because I was like ready to do it. And then she like ate it. And I was just like, oh, damn, <laughs> like that sucks for her. But that was really sick of me. So, yeah, that's pretty cool that you laughed. That shows the confidence. I'm assuming your teammates were doing the same thing, too. Yeah, it was a funny reaction. And the video, like every time, like just the my teammates, just they're funny about it. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good way to hype you up, though, for sure. That definitely would hype me up as well. Yeah, yeah. Now I kind of want to talk a little bit about the CHA playoffs and then I kind of want to start with like the low point of the season and then talk about some of the high points that happened this year. So obviously your team lost to Mercyhurst in the CHA playoffs this year. So from your perspective, what did you take away from that game and how is your, how is your team going to use that game for next season to do better in the postseason? Because I feel like that's like the one goal that your team had this past year was to do well in the CHA um, playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't yet. We haven't even – unfortunately made it to the final yet and that's um like throughout the year I'd like to say like we can own our league but when it came to that game I think what I took away from it is uh you know we played well we had our hearts in it but I think that the confidence piece just needs to be there like you have no idea at any point like we could be up five nothing and then something can happen and we just get bombarded with goals and like it can go either way at any point. We just have to remember that and keep that in mind that the game's not over until it's over. And how did this playoff loss compare to the one against Syracuse your freshman year? Because it felt different, at least from my perspective, um, when watching both those games. Um, I mean, I personally have this like weird rivalry with Syracuse. I mean, our whole team does, but like I just have something against them like very deep inside of me because of last year. Um, but, um, I think what felt the most different was like the whole 
year because I feel like last year was so messed up that we didn't get to see all the competition, but then we did this year and it made us better. And then it was just, it was more disappointing to see like that we grew, but then ended up in the same spot as last year, just against a different team. And against the team that we had been beating like pretty much all year. And it kind of just shows you like, it can go either way. You can't go into it cocky. So. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think the experience factor will help out for next year? Cause that's the one difference I thought Mercyhurst had was they had a lot of experienced players on that roster. It feels like next year you're going into your junior year, you're having a kind of a large senior class. Do you think that experience factor will be beneficial for your team next year? Uh, just because you know what it takes to win some of those CHA playoff games after losing the past two years? Yeah, I think so. Obviously we've had a, a heavily young team cause my class is pretty big. Um, so I think like last year going through that, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know what, this is giving us like a feel for this. We're going to remember this loss and we know what it takes to win. We just haven't executed. And then this year, I think it's just set like this, like burning passion to win for next year because, you know, nobody wants to do that twice in a row. And that's what we did. And it's okay. Cause like that happens. It's like, that's hockey. But um, I think with, my class having so much experience, the girls under us learning so much, and then all the girls ahead of us, like, I think we're just going like full speed ahead, like ready to go for next year. And the experience level is way higher. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. And obviously the tournament's expanded. We didn't get the chance to talk about that last time because it didn't happen. But I just want to get your thoughts on that because I thought that was a something that's going to benefit your team especially just because I feel like the CHA has trouble getting more than just one team besides the championship winner in the tournament yeah that has been an issue um hopefully this helps I could see it going either way helping or hurting but I think just like to secure if for some reason we don't win but I mean our whole ideal is to like control the controllables so not leave it up to a bid, just like win playoffs so we can get that spot. Um, but I mean, it's exciting for sure. I just think like the CHA deserves a better name within the NCAA in general. So now another, I do want to ask you, cause I, I know the frozen four was at Penn state this year. Um, how cool was that experience for your team? Um, I don't, I don't know if you got the chance to see it in person. I assume you did, but like, how cool was that for yourself getting the chance to watch the Frozen Four? Yeah, it was, it was really amazing to see that in person and not just on TV. Like everything that they did to the rink and so quickly, and it was also a little annoying because like it's our rink, it's it's our barn, you know. But it was really, really cool to see it done like for women's hockey and all the things that they did to the rink just like even just for the teams up top like the little you know photo features and interviews and whatnot it was really awesome yeah I had the chance to uh, go to the men's frozen four this year and one thing that they did that I thought was cool was they had like all the jerseys of the d1 men's college hockey teams did they do that for the women's side as well they did yeah it was really cool to see that yeah, that's awesome. So definitely, uh, I, I thought for me personally, like just from watching it, obviously I wasn't there, but I thought it looked like better on TV than it did last year. So that was like the one cool thing. Of, I think your rink looks super nice on TV. So um, I'm assuming it translates well in person as as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's incredible to see in person. Definitely something you have to do. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, everyone has told me like, that's like one of the best drinks in college hockey. People who aren't even on Penn state have told me that too. So it's definitely something I need to try out sometime, but it seems it's a bit of a drive. That's the only tough part about it. So I have to find a way yeah. to make it work with my schedule. It's pretty difficult to get to state college. Yeah, but once you're there though, it's, it seems like a fun time. So. Now, how did that motivate your team to get back to the frozen four? Because like, I remember you telling me you're like, we don't want to see someone else celebrate on our home ice. So I'm assuming that must've fueled a fire in for next year, next season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fueled the fire. Just seeing them on our ice and, you know, using all of our like facilities and everything. It's just like, that was our motto from the, the beginning, protect our ice. And, uh, didn't you know fulfill that but seeing that it just kind of yeah it it just lit the fire for everyone just to go harder and harder well the frozen four will be back in penn state in 2026 so hopefully the team can remember that and um get ready for that uh, frozen four and protect that ice then you know it's that's the one beauty thing that's the one beautiful thing about the frozen four being at penn state this year was it's going to be hosted again in another year too so i thought that was pretty interesting yeah, I'm hopeful for the team, for sure. Now, one thing we talked about last time was how excited you were for fans to come back to the rink. Um, how did that experience um, go for yourself, having fans back in the rink compared to last year when there was none? It was, like, a really, really, really cool thing to see. Um, in our first few games, in our first few home games, we had uh, we have the roar zone, so everyone, like, behind the net, and they made this, like, giant um, – I guess like poster type of thing or tapestry. And it was when we played BC and it said, it was like an eagle in a cage and it said something and it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then one of our games was the most attendance that we ever had. And it was actually the hockey is for everyone game that we have. And that was like an incredible experience. And we got to go on the ice with everyone after and we didn't get to do that much last year. So that was like truly like unreal. And I noticed that the roar zone has like signs for each of your players on your team. So what was your sign? Like, what did it say? Um, Me and Kiara actually uh, shared a sign. It said the golden girls. And then it had us both in like our USA stuff. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good sign. No, that that, especially to get the chance to share with a teammate. I think that's Mm -hmm. even better. Yeah. Yeah. So also something that you got to experience last year that you didn't get to experience um, your freshman year was playing conference games or non-conference games. And we talked a little bit about it the last time we were on the podcast, like how excited you were for that opportunity to see what other conferences were like regarding their playing style. So what was that experience like for you again, the chance to play teams like Boston college, St. Lawrence, then obviously Duluth um, in the DC game that you had. So just from your perspective, how cool was that to play those non-conference games? It was intimidating, but it was so exciting, like the best kind of intimidating that just like gets you so like riled up and ready to play and like see a different style. And um, it was a different style. Like I feel like the CHA is a little more dirty in a way, although we have like the worst refs, but you know, whatever about that, but it was cool to see, um, like playing Duluth and Ohio state in our, uh, Thanksgiving tournament. That was, that was really, really cool. Cause I always, I always see them play and I always grew up seeing them play and being like, I can't wait to compete against these teams. And finally being able to do that was, it was just a really, really cool experience. 
Yeah, talk a little bit more about the playing style difference between other conferences in the CHA. And when you say, like, dirty, do you mean, like, physicality? Like, is the CHA a little more physical than some of the other conferences that you played in? Because I know the WCHA has that reputation of how it's more of a kind of a grindy conference compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, I would definitely say it's it's dirtier in a physicality way. Um, like, everyone uh, – well, maybe I won't generalize everyone, but it just – it's a little, it's definitely more physical. And then I think something that stuck out to me most was like both CHA along with other leagues have like an incredible amount of speed because we have those like really gritty, like grinder players. And I think that's something that other teams lack because they have like full lines of like hands and talent, which can come in handy, but you need those grinders. And I think that's something that we have a lot of. Yeah, and uh, I, does that, like, style of play fit you better? Because I feel like you're more of a physical uh, defender than some of the other players I've seen in your conference. I feel like that style of play will, like, benefit your game more. But I've also seen it, and this is why I think – I've said this before on the podcast, but I think body checking should be allowed in women's hockey just because I feel like player like yourself, you it's you're kind of thinking about what the refereeing is going to be like because if some refs are strict about it, you're more likely to get a penalty versus other ones that are more loose about it. I feel like as a player, personally, I wouldn't want to think about how a game's going to be refereed before heading into it because that could change the style of play and change my mindset on the game. So I was just curious from your perspective how you handled that because that's something I've noticed from your game as well. Yeah, that's definitely something I have to, like, figure out for every CHA game at least, um, like how the refs are going to be that game because some days they won't, they won't call a single thing and everyone's just going at it. And other times you could – just bump into someone and it'll be a penalty. Like it really depends. The se- the sensitivity of it goes both ways, but there's really no middle. So you kind of have to figure out if you're going to be like for myself, I'm always very physical. I can't just expel that from my game. And um, that's not going to change if I get a penalty or not, mm-hmm. but it definitely helps when they just like stop calling penalties and they just let us play. Yeah. That's the way it should be, to be honest. Yeah. Cause I noticed like a lot of your penalties this year, you were pretty disciplined for the most part, but most of the penalties were body checking penalties. So I feel like that has something to do with it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not necessarily a tall person, but there's like smaller girls in our league too. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point you like can't do anything to help that you could hit if I were to hit someone that's like six feet tall compared to like a girl that's five, five, I'm getting the penalty on the five, five girl. Cause most likely she's going down. Yeah. So. Any big hits this year from you? Like what was like the one that stood out to you the most or just in, in general, not just from yourself, but from like one of your teammates. There's nothing I can like remember very specifically. Um, I think there's just like little scuffles in my mind, like seeing Rachel Weiss get hit in the uh our, in our Mercyhurst game in the semifinal that was a huge hit and it was 100% should have, they weren't really calling much that game but it that was something that should have been called it was dirty it was from behind mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there looking at the girl like fire in my eyes but I knew if I went at her I'd be screwed because the rest just decide to call over the wrong stuff but that was that one is like burned in my head yeah, because I feel like uh, there was another game where Rachel got hit. It was against UNH, and that wasn't called as well. So yeah. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, I actually remember 
myself in that game as well when I got that uh I got ejected because mm-hmm. um it was a, it was just a bad it like it obviously wasn't intentional but I hit like her hip and she was off balance and then she went flying and I immediately was like uh oh mm-hmm. her her head's right there right in the board so that was scary yeah but at least luckily your team got the weekend sweep so it ended up working out yeah it was very annoying to sit in the stands though and watch that. Yeah, how does that work? Like, do you do you like get changed and then just watch the game, or do you like stay in the locker room the entire time? No, I they I got off. Um, it was like early in the game when that happened, so. Yeah, it was like end of the well, like mid to end of the first, and then um, got changed. Um, went to sit with some of my girls, and then I literally sat with my dad for the rest of the game, mm-hmm. and then went in between, like went in the locker room in between periods. So, so was uh, what was like your favorite like road rink that you got to play in that you didn't get to play in uh, last year? Was it the UNH one just because the Olympic size sheet, or was it Cornell just because everyone says that's a cool barn? I was actually gonna, yeah, I was gonna say UNH just because it's it's a really cool rink. It kind of reminds me of um, RIT's rink a bit, just in like the style of it. But I did like the size, and then um, Cornell and Brown, I really like like the old style type of barn like it's just like been there forever and there's a lot of history to it so I do want to ask you about the DC trip because that was probably the most memorable non-conference games that you got to play first of all how cool was that experience being in Washington DC and what were some cool things you got to do in that city what besides playing hockey obviously yeah so that was really fun we um as a team we went around we did like a little tour um that was, I went like a very long time ago because we had a DC tournament there when I was playing youth. And I just remember it being like a really cool area to be able to walk around and see a, like a lot of history and be able, being able to see that with a new group and girls from all over. I think it's really cool. And girls from Canada who haven't seen it at all. And then um, we actually, we spent that Thanksgiving day doing that. And then we got to go to dinner and there were some families there and it was really nice. That's awesome. What were like some of the monuments you got to see? Like anything that stood out, or did you see them all and enjoyed them all? Um, I liked seeing the Lincoln Memorial the best. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. My favorite one is the Vietnam War Memorial, just because my grandfather mm-hmm. served in Vietnam, and I like the all how they have all the names of the people that died in that war. Just I thought that was a really moving monument for myself. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we went close up to that one. Um. I can't remember what the other thing is called, but they have like all the big stones of like each state. I think that's the World War Two one because there was like a lot yeah. of them there for my if my memory serves me correctly. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Really cool experience to have with them. Yeah, I haven't been back to DC. It's been like I was like ten years old last time I went there, so it's been a long time. So I'm assuming security is a little more intense there than it was when I was there. Cause I remember like, it seems like the white house, like you can barely see it anymore. Cause it's all barricaded. Yeah, definitely. It's completely barricaded. There was a lot of people there though. I wasn't expecting that. But Probably was- cause it was Thanksgiving weekend. I would assume, right? What's that? Probably cause it was like Thanksgiving weekend. I assume kind of a big yeah. vacation week for schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard you guys also got to go to a caps game as well. How was that? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that was really cool. It was really fun. I like watching um, Ovi do his like his little pregame things on the ice. Like during the anthem, he was like dancing around. 
kind of on the blue line and I was just watching him and I was I thought it was so funny but in my head I'm like it's probably like a routine for him that he does every single game I just thought it was funny Pretty also like hits other players with this stick like during warm-ups I don't know if you were there for that but that's something I find interesting yeah I think people have uh super interesting superstitions and ways they go about preparing for a game seems like he's more on like the fun goofy side of it which I actually appreciate are you do, do you do that for warm-ups do you like uh have any weird superstitions or are you more just go out there and just do your thing I do have some superstitions like on ice off ice not so much I mean I have like a routine but it's not like a very superstitious routine but on the ice um me and uh Jess Trokey I'll just stand on the blue end with the last two on the ice I shoot she tips it I go wait at the door and she'll come around and then you know snow me and then we get off we do our little handshake and then we get off that's like one thing that I do like every single time are you gonna have to find a new teammate for that next year since she's transferring to Brown I think I'm just going to have to do it myself, you know, just take a shot and wait like a second, act like it's happening and then get off. That's good. Or find, maybe find a freshman. I don't know. That's my suggestion. That will do it with you. Use a freshman? Yeah. Just a- ask someone and they might just, they'll do it because it's like, oh, like I have to do it because the juniors do it telling me to. So yeah. that'll, be, that'll, be my, that'll be my suggestion. Get them, get them going with it. Like initiate them in a little bit of a routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like it'll be kind of awkward to have doing it by yourself. Yeah, it is. I've had to do that before, and uh, I just shoot. I just shoot a puck, and it's just mm-hmm. like okay. But it's definitely more fun when she's involved. I'm gonna miss it. Now, talk about that uh, uh, win against Duluth. Um, how important was that for your team, beating that top non-conference team? And obviously, they made it all the way to the national championship game. So, really good win for your team. And what you said that's one that you still think about the most so just talk about how much it meant to you I think just because there's so much to Duluth like they have there's like a le- they're like a legendary team and just knowing that it was going to be a huge game and that we needed to step up because we haven't played a team I I think like that ever I haven't besides OSU like so up to that point I hadn't um and I think just like the way that we prepared, the way that we prepared our minds and really got like, we are good enough to beat this team. Like we just need to grind. We have, we have the girls, we have the lineup, like we got this, we just have to be in it. And then it pulled like it actually happening and us pulling through with that. It wasn't like, it was surprising. It was just rewarding to know that like we did that, like we did what we came to do. Obviously, we didn't get the win against OSU, but still played well, still things to tweak, but it was it was a really cool experience. I feel like you can take a lot from that weekend, too, because obviously those two teams made it to the national championship game. So um, is that something like you're going to be thinking about uh, for next year is like we can compete with the top two teams in the country. So um, that can definitely be like a learning experience, even though you lost that game against OSU. Yeah, definitely. Just knowing that it's not like we're just some team in the CHA. Like, we're here to compete with the best teams, and we will. Now, I do want to ask you about another game. And one of my favorite games to watch was your team beating Cornell on the road because I feel like Cornell was a team that people kind of didn't talk enough about, at least in my opinion. So, but talk about that game from your perspective because I thought you played fantastic. Like, I, I called it the Lindy Lobdell game, two assists, just, like, really played well defensively, shutting down some of Cornell's top offensive threats. Uh, from your perspective, what like kind of worked for you in that game and just talk about how big of a win that was for your team? 
I think um, for me, it was just, I was, I was like kind of raging going into that game because of what had happened in the game against Cornell at home. So I had, I had a lot going into this game. And um, for me, it was like, there's nothing to lose, obviously, at this point. Like, we had a terrible game against them the first time, so we better lay it all out there, and that's exactly what we did. Um, like, we gave it right back to them. For me, it was just, like, finding the girls. I, they were all, like, in the right place at the right time always, and it worked out. The second assist that I got was super weird, but it was something that we had figured out before the game that the boards were, like, very awkward. They made, like, huge bounces, and then we caught them off guard on that. So it was a big win. It was like we redeemed ourselves. I also want to ask you about one of your teammates, Mallory Uline, uh, because I feel like she made she was one of the most underrated players in college hockey this past year. Like I always said, like I felt like she didn't get enough recognition as she should have for her performance this past season. But I feel like she emerged as one of your team's best players this past season as well. So I have to ask you, what's it like being your teammate? And what have you learned from her, especially since you're an, also a defender? So I feel like you've probably learned a lot from her just because you also played for Team USA. So I assume, like, I'm, I'm just curious what that relationship is like between you guys and what makes her such, like, a special player from your perspective. I think Mal is extremely composed. Um, we're really close on and off the ice. Um, so I just see her as a person and how it turns, like, in on the ice. She, like, works her tail off. She's there for every single person on the team. She's someone that you can rely on, um, someone that will be there for you in any moment. And on the ice, it's the same. Like, if anyone hits you and she's on the ice, like, they're getting it right back. And um, she just protects the team like nothing else. And uh, the way that she plays, I feel like it was – I was really proud to see her just continue to, like, kill it in the year, just continue to get better and better and how she supports other people on the ice, like on the bench and everything, it's it's very encouraging. And what do, what, what do we have to do to make her get more recognition? Uh, just because, you know, I, that's one thing that surprised me a lot was, like I felt like no one was talking about her. I feel like you have to agree as her teammate as well. Yeah, definitely. She's a top player for sure on our team. She's a top defenseman. I, she's a top defenseman in the league, in the country. Like, I think that you're right, she is underrated, but I think she's flowing into it more. It sucks to say that you have to get all these points to feel like you would deserve the recognition. Mm -hmm. I, I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. And I think that her general style of play without any of those points is exceptional. And I think just as time goes on, like she'll continue to get more and more. She deserves it. So just look at like the block shots and the plus and minus. That's, I think that for me, that's what I think that's the stat. Like, I guess I would look more at for a defender just because I feel like most defensemen like aren't too involved with the offense. Occasionally they have to be, but like, I feel like if you're on the ice, you help set up that offensive play. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. there's just so much things she has done well with their game and points wise. Like I feel like offensively is when she started to emerge and that's when I feel like more people will start to notice her. So I hope that happens uh, for sure. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. your goaltender, Josie Bethune, she had a great year, broke the program record, I think, for most, like, wins in, a, in, in program history as a goaltender. What's she like as a teammate? Obviously, she's uh, heading off for Team USA's goalie camp, so I want to ask you about what it's like being her teammate, especially since she's in your class. Yeah, Josie's great. She has um, so much heart and so much passion for the game, and she's just very – she's, I'd say, very intense, 
Um, and it's really cool to see just how fired up she gets all the time. She's always locked in no matter what. Um, and to see it like paying off for her is really, really great because she works her butt off. Now, what was like the biggest thing you learned about yourself uh, this year? I think biggest thing I learned about myself, I think for me, it's that confidence is key when I have that confidence in myself because like I, I know that I can do certain things and when I'm off my game, it's because I'm doubting myself or I'm feeling insecure about something and just keeping my mindset positive and like the self-talk positive, it, it puts me in a very different position of playing. Like it changes my game completely. Now, what are your team's goals for next year? I assume I know what it is, but I uh, just wanted to ask in case there's anything else you might, your team wants to accomplish next year. Um, taking on out of conference games, like head on getting ranked, beating these teams left and right. Like that's the goal, obviously winning. Um, and then taking it step by step, like with each tournament, each championship, um, obviously the end goal is a national championship, but the stepping stones to get there is that is what we're focusing on. We don't want to like push ahead past our little goals because the little goals make the big ones. Now, do you know what your non-conference schedule will look like for next year? Or is that still, like, in the works, I guess? I think it's still in the works. We have nothing, like, confirmed um, at the moment, but it probably will be soon. Anything, like, you can share? Because I, I, there's some games I assume, like, I assume, like, potentially Holy Cross just because they played you guys at Penn State this past year. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's one that could happen, right? Probably. I'm not sure exactly what it looks like. I'm sure we're going to get um, – few new teams in there. Uh, I haven't really seen anything yet, though. Well, I hope you guys come out to the East Coast because I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you play in person. I wasn't able to head up to that Brown game, so I'm hoping, like, yeah. you guys visit BC or Holy Cross. That's, I'm just crossing my fingers on that. So I just wanted to know, just in case, if that was, like, confirmed or not. Yeah, if I if I figure it out soon, I'll let you know. So awesome. you can that awesome. down. I can throw you a puck then. Awesome. Yeah, no, I know that was one of our goals. We haven't had the chance to do that. I definitely will be, though, at one of those games if that happens for sure. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely let you know if I do go. Great. Now, uh, have you had the chance to meet any of your new players uh, for next year? And what are, they, uh, what are you hoping for, to, for them to bring to the team? Because I noticed that um, you're obviously losing a few key players in the transfer portal with Jess Trochi and Rachel Weiss. And obviously, you know, you're losing a few seniors as well, most notably Natalie Heising, one of your top offensive mm -hmm. players. So, um, what can, I guess, Penn State fans expect from this upcoming freshman class if you had the chance uh, to meet them yet or not? Um, I had a chance to meet all of them. I know some of them um, from, like, camps, uh, like USA camps and whatnot. Um, I'm really, really excited about them coming in. It's definitely tough losing all these girls, um, but, you know, that's a part of it. And we're going to miss them, and we're going to miss what they brought to the team. But having, like, a fresh new perspective and style coming in like we got really, really talented girls, grinders, like all around, and they're all really great people. Um, I'm really excited about Kendall Butsy coming in as a defenseman. She's going to be, I, I have high hopes for her. I've seen her play before, and I think she's a really great player, um, similar to Carly Garcia in a way. And uh, the rest of them, I guess, I'm just excited for it to build more healthy competition in our team. And uh I think it'll be huge for us and including yeah. the fifth years coming in. They're great. I haven't met uh, one of them yet, but 
um, they're, they're great people. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a big part of your team too because you need that experience. I feel like that definitely is a key factor um, for college hockey teams to have those veterans to lean on that might have not been on your team, but like have that experience of playing college hockey against different competition. Yeah, definitely. So we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Lindy, now we've had you on twice, so it was kind of hard to figure out some non-hockey questions. So I kind of use my brain a little bit and try to find some random questions on the internet that I thought were interesting. So I hope you find them interesting as well. All right, let's go. First thing is, I, one of the things that Penn State is known for is the whiteout football game. Did you get the opportunity to do that this year? And if so, what was it like? I did, and it was probably one of the coolest things I've seen ever in my life. Like, seeing the pride and, like, the support and, like, the relentless, like, energy that everyone brings to that game is so, so, so cool. Like something that I would suggest everyone tries to experience at some point. I've tried to get my family in town and um, friends to come see it just cause it was like, it's, you see pictures and stuff, but it doesn't do it justice. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm not a big college football guy. I don't really watch too much of it, but I will say one of the sporting events I've always wanted to see in college football is go to an SEC game just because that looks super fun, but also go to the Penn State whiteout game just because watching it on TV and when the team enters the, the stadium and everyone's like waving the white towels and screaming, we are Penn State. I thought that was, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that that gave me goosebumps watching it on TV. I assume it's got to be even a cooler experience to be there in person. Oh yeah. It's everything's different when you see it on TV, but when you're there and you're, seeing it with your own eyes, it's, it's just, it's crazy. There's no other way to explain it. It's really just like an unreal experience that seems like almost fake. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. Now, how do you find an outfit for that? Do they give out white t-shirts or do you have to like come up with it on your own? You just like go to any, like, we have a bunch of shops that you can buy stuff at and usually like the two basic colors that you would get are navy or white. So usually people have that um, like somewhere in their wardrobe and, but they have so many options. People come wearing like crazy outfits or just like something normal with like a white t-shirt. Um, could be anything. Was it hard for you to find something or was it pretty easy? No, I actually, I just went shopping in like the beginning of the week to find some stuff. So now I just like have a whole bunch of stuff in white. That's awesome. Well, mm-hmm. And I, is, I'm assuming next year's whiteout game is probably going to be the one where Ohio State visits. Am I wrong about that? Or that seems the most likely option? Because I know last year was the first year it wasn't Michigan or Ohio State. It was Auburn. So I'm assuming yeah, it's probably Yeah, that Ohio was weird. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure. I don't know the football schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming because we got really lucky this year. We were able to go to a decent amount of games. But um, I, I, I doubt that it's going to be the same this year because it'll like flip-flop the – home and away games yeah I haven't even looked at that schedule yet what's like your team have you had have, what's like your team you want to see the most I'm assuming it's gotta be Michigan or Ohio State I don't know if you had the chance to see any of them this past season or not um I'm pretty sure I watched them play Michigan and then the Indiana game was really cool I got to see that with my family um I'd like to see them play Ohio State in person for sure yeah, I know there's a big rivalry between those two schools. So um, oh, yeah. I, that's got to be – I hope that's the whiteout for next year. I think that'll be fun just because yeah. I'll definitely give you guys a boost to 
to beat that top team in college football. Mm-hmm. Now, next non-hockey question is, what is your guilty pleasure song? Um, probably, probably, oh my gosh, I say a little prayer, but it's from, it's the version um, from the Sing 2 movie. I love that movie so much and the way that they sing it, it was so cool. I think for myself, I'll probably choose like Love Story by Taylor Swift. That's always a fun song to jam out to by yourself. Yeah, true. Um, I would probably not do it in public though, because I'll be too embarrassed. Yeah. That's just my personality, I guess. I don't think I could do that in public either. <laughs> no, I just maybe maybe with friends, like if, if like uh, if like I lost a bet or something, that'll be probably the most. I would probably do something like that in front of people. Yeah. Besides that, like no one's seen that except for if you're in a car in, in a car by myself. So. Right. Right. I can relate. Now, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? I don't know if I asked you that before, so I apologize if it's a repeat question. I don't know. Ooh, I do not know. Maybe like, oh crap, what's her name? Is it Kate Hudson? Is that her name? I don't know too many Hollywood actors or actresses. I would say for myself, probably like Tom Cruise, because I think he's kind of cool. He's a cool guy, so that's why I'll pick him. Maybe like, I really like Drew Barrymore. Maybe her. Probably her. Nice. That's a good answer. Yeah, no, she she does good movies with Adam Sandler, so that's, mm-hmm. a, good, that's a good choice. How can you tell if someone has a sense of humor? Um, I guess I'll start for this one. Mine is if you can make awkward situa- situations funny. I think that's hysterical when people can find a way to do that. So that's for me. Yeah, I think, yeah, probably that. When someone can, like, handle themselves in an awkward situation and not get super uncomfortable and, uh, like, shut down. Mm-hmm. And like make it fun and joke about it. I think that's a big tell. I just think that one of the funniest things I could think of was I was in like physics class my senior year of high school and like this girl was like crying out in the hallway and the teacher slammed the door because he didn't want to hear any noise. I just remember some kids like, did he just shut the door? And I don't know, it doesn't seem funny on the surface, but I, I almost like was dying laughing in that. Yeah, class. That was funny. Just yeah, finding like little things funny like that. Now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Hmm. Excuse me. Um, Well, I guess this is interesting, but it's also extremely sad. Um, The shooting in Buffalo. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say that's interesting. It's just like the craziest thing that I read this week. That was really, really terrible to see. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's that's I I I don't know. Like, uh, it feels like so much. Of this I don't know. Like, how do you do to stop that stuff? Because it feels like it keeps happening over and over again. Yeah. So, because I don't know. Like, like feel like people in my generation, like now, like have to figure out like what they would have to do if that happens, like in a school or something. And I feel like my yeah. parents never had to think about that when they were kids. So I think that's like that's the sad part about all this stuff. Yeah, it's really terrifying to be honest. I think for me, the most interesting thing that I read about was like, there was a thunderstorm last night. So I read about like how like thunderstorms are formed. It sounds super weird, but I thought it was interesting. So no, I've heard crazy facts about that before. So like one fun fact for people that don't know is lightning strikes before thunder. So if you see lightning, that means thunder is going to strike soon. So Mm -hmm. stay inside. Uh, That's like, I thought that was kind of interesting. So Mm -hmm. But also, thunderstorms also cool down the humidity, which is like one, I guess, positive thing about them. Yeah, I like thunderstorms. 
Yeah, my dad likes them. He says it helps him sleep, but I think it's I can't sleep through them. So maybe I don't know. I feel like it's a preference thing for that. Definitely a preference thing because I like thunderstorms. Now, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Oh, probably them. Uh, the our media guys for my uh, I had a mic'd up video. The fact that me tripping over myself got caught on video and then posted like on the Big Ten hockey Instagram, that was extremely embarrassing. Um, but it was funny. So if it gave people a laugh, then I'm all right with it. That's that's all that counts. I remember Rachel Weiss told me she like fell like during the what's it called the introduction warmups. Yeah. Warm-ups. yeah. So I thought that I, I felt bad. First game. Oh, that yeah, I know. I, I felt bad for her on that. So. I guess for me, like, my most embarrassing one was probably in practice, the goalie forgot to close the bench door. And when we were doing, like, backward skating drills um, on the blue line, I didn't know the bench door was open, and I fell right through it. So that was a pretty tough moment for yours. Oh, gosh. Luckily, I was fine, but it was definitely not – it was definitely – definitely got a few chirps after that one, so. That's a little scary. Yeah. Well, that's the goalie's fault. They should have closed the door. Like, I don't know why they didn't do that, but it is – Yeah. So – but no, look, I feel like that tripping over yourself, like that happens all the time. Like, I don't think that's too It does, but like the fact that they caught it on video, it's like, come on. And they added it because it was hilarious. Yeah. I feel like a more embarrassing moment would be like getting like rocked in front of your teammates. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I feel like yeah. in college hockey, like that would be like a pretty, pretty, pretty moment, pretty scary moment or not scary, but embarrassing moment because you have to like hop up and act like nothing happened. Yeah, actually that did happen. That did happen. I think we were playing um, – I think we were playing Syracuse. I'm not really sure. Um, but we were going into the boards on our side and in our zone, and um, I people thought that she hit me, but I'm pretty sure I tripped over myself and, like, lost an edge. Yeah. And I went flying into the boards, and for a second I was like, did that just happen? Like, I was kind of looking around like, oh, crap. And, like, the roar zone is, like, like looking down. Yeah. And then I just shot up, and I was like, I'm okay. This is fine. Yeah. I just, like, completely flew into the boards. But the way I got up was almost more embarrassing because I, like, shot up off the ground. I will say, though, you f- I feel like you do more of the hitting than getting hit. So that's, like, at least it's only, like, a few moments you can say about that, at least, at least yeah. from what I see. So. Yeah, I'm happy to say that I feel the same way. <laughs> I think that's how it is. Now, what is something that you did as a kid that you still do today? Um, hmm. I don't – can't really pick anything out, like, on the ice? Uh, no, like, it could be anything. Like, for myself, like, I still drink chocolate milk, and that's something I've been doing since I was, like, five. Oh, that's a good one, actually, because I just went grocery shopping with my mom yesterday, and I got the chocolate milks that I used to have when I was a kid. Yeah. And they're, like, specific, like, Costco brand ones. Mm-hmm. And they're like the best, and I still eat like my favorite like childish cereals like Reese's Puffs and stuff like that. Yeah, I kind of moved away from that just because uh, it's. I'm assuming that stuff is not the best for your body, so I try my no. best to avoid it. But I will say, if that's in the house, that will be consumed from myself. Yeah. But I think like for the chocolate milk, like it's actually like not like unhealthy for you. It's actually pretty healthy for you. Just no, yeah, it's something that you like. I. Usually, if it's available, I'll have that, like, after a game. Mm-hmm. 
favorite <coughs> brand is the Hood or the Horizon Organic. That's usually my go-to. But I know people like have their specific. I think like, that's what we got. Yeah, and then we have uh, in State College. We have this place, um, the Creamery, and they have like the best chocolate milk. It's not good for you. It's very sugary, so we don't have that after games. But if I ever see one, it's like I definitely have to have at least a little bit of it. Good cheat so, meal. Good cheat meal. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know why I put the same question in, but I guess like I'll phrase it in a different way. But what's like your most embarrassing moment, non-hockey wise? That's a hard question. Um, nothing like comes right to mind because I feel like I do embarrassing things all the time, like classic things, like if you're getting on a plane and they're like, "Have a good flight," and then you say like, "You too," like. <laughs> That stuff happens to me very frequently, so it's hard to pick something out. I guess for myself, like, the most embarrassing moment that I've ever had, like, off the ice was one time I, my friend was throwing a graduation party, so when driving to their house, the way, like, their street was set up, like, there was one house that was having a graduation party, and then there was, like, another one, but the way the GPS, like, had it, though, it said I was there, even though I wasn't, because it was, like, still, like, down the street. It was just the way it was, like, formed. So I walk into this graduation party and I don't know anyone there. And I'm like, con- so confused. And mm. I was like there for like 20 minutes, just standing around because I had no clue who anyone was. And then I get a phone call from my friend saying like, where are you? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I went to the wrong graduation party. So that was a tough wow. one because everyone's just like staring at me. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Wow. That's a big one. I don't think I literally can't pick anything out, even though all these like horribly embarrassing things have happened to me in my life. I can't pick one out though. Probably just good. like tripping in front of people. That's a bad one. That happens a lot to him. Kind of clumsy. It's all good. That I really honestly don't think about that stuff anymore. I feel like more people aren't focused on other people. So that's how I kind of have, that's how you have to view it. That's my advice to you. Yeah. And then another non-hockey question is uh, what is your least favorite holiday? And what is your favorite holiday? I guess like underrated, overrated. Um, I like Halloween, but I think it's a little overrated, but I also haven't been able to like participate in Halloween in a really long time, like in a very long time. So, um, probably that, but my favorite is probably Christmas. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think the most underrated holiday is (coughs) just because like, it's a fun celebration. Like you're not like, you don't have the pressure of like giving anyone anything. You just have a good time, like in the summertime with like fireworks and stuff and, you know, makes you feel proud to be American. So I I always, I always enjoyed that. I always enjoy that holiday. I guess the most overrated one is probably like Halloween, just because I think if you're not into dressing up or if you're not a kid, there's really not much for you to do on Halloween. And I Mm -hmm. feel like, I don't know. I feel like every Halloween, I feel like I don't do anything just because I'm not into that kind of stuff. So I, I, that's why I think is the most overrated one. But I know people will hate on me for that just because Halloween's like a very popular holiday. It is, but like I, I feel like I haven't done anything for it in a long time, and I just don't really care anymore. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on the same boat. I guess another overrated one is probably Valentine's Day, just because people go way overboard. Oh yeah, on holiday, and it seems like. I don't know, maybe you should like try to space, like do something special with your special someone like on your own specific day. That's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah. Not a huge fan of that either, but my mom gives me like heart shaped candy boxes. So I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then last um, non-hockey question, (laughs) what is your fit? What sporting event would you love to attend one day since you went to the women's frozen four? I was curious if there's anything that you would love to go to one day. 
Probably the men's because I was seeing videos of that and just like watching the game, obviously. And some of the girls, some girls I knew went to the game and I would love to see that because they really, they play that one up big. So. Yeah, well, I, I had the chance to go this year just because it was in Boston and I live in the city. So right. it was really fun. I uh, had a good time. Definitely well run. I love the red carpet. And I hope the women's Frozen Four comes to Boston and hopefully they can do it like in not, I, I, I think the college part of it's cool, but I also feel like it'll be cool also to do it like in an AHL or NHL rank. So mm-hmm. just, just then it gives your, you guys more options of where to host something like that. So right. I guess for me, like I would love to go to a Stanley Cup final and see the cup being won. That's like always been a dream. Oh, yeah, be like me, for sure. Fun. Even to go to a playoff game. My friend just went to a playoff game and it was she said it was like the coolest thing ever. But I haven't had a chance to see that. Yeah, my dad went to the Stanley Cup final like in the 90s when like the Devils won for the first time. And he said it was like a super cool experience. So I always wanted to do that. I, I'm a big Bruins fan. So obviously it'd be cool to see if the see it if the Bruins won. But mm-hmm. honestly, any team would be pretty cool to see it. It would hurt a little bit if it was like Montreal, though, just because that's yeah. the Bruins' big rival. But other than that, I think it would really be really cool to see uh, that, that event happen. Yeah, definitely. Or like a Winter Classic game. I've actually heard that they're kind of – it's not as fun just because, like, the sight lines aren't great because some of those stadiums yeah. aren't meant for hockey. So I did see one outdoor game, and it was a pretty cool experience at Fenway, but it was also freezing mm-hmm. cold. So, I don't know. I feel like I would much rather see a Stanley Cup final because at least the arena is built for hockey. Yeah, yeah. Now back to some hockey questions. Now first one is we've had you on the podcast twice, so what were your thoughts on the podcast and your interviews since the two times we've had you on. I feel like you've done a great job on all three of them, so I want to give you that. Thank you. Well, I think it's just really cool what you're doing, like expanding it to so many people. Um, I feel really honored that you reached out to me to be on like your last one. I think that's really cool. Um, the conversation is always great. Uh, I really enjoy like feeding out all this information and, and, and everything, like all the questions that you're asking. I think are very relevant and well thought out. And the fact that it it's very comfortable, I think is really great. So, yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words, Lindy. I really appreciate that a lot. Now we have had you on twice. So I'm assuming you've given out all your shout outs in those last two episodes, but if there's anyone you might've forgotten about in the last two that you want to give a shout out to, feel free to do that. I don't even know. I don't remember who I did it to. I, I kind of just want to shout out Mal because she deserves it. He's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So shout out Mallory Uline, former college hockey talk podcast guest. So shout mm-hmm. out to her for that. But uh, anything else you want to talk about? The floor is always yours. You can literally talk about anything. It does not matter. Um, maybe except for politics, just because I don't want to get into yeah. that. But other than okay. that, you can yeah. talk about whatever. Um, I don't have anything in mind. What's uh, If you're comfortable with talking about your next steps in your career after this, yeah, so this, for those listening, this will be my final episode with College Hockey Talk. And I want to say thank you, first of all, to all the listeners and people who have followed the account because it's been super fun um, doing this. It's a platform that means a lot to myself because I built it and I'm super excited. Uh, I'm just super proud of myself for, I think it's building it to where it is today. And I've had the chance to meet wonderful people like Lindy uh, by doing this. So yeah, that's my next steps is I'm going to be running the Hockey East fan blog. It's basically a blog where we talk about all things hockey East and I'll also be continuing being the full-time host for the UConn hockey podcast. Looking forward to getting more connections with that team and um, helping that team, I guess, uh, talk about it more because 
last year was so much fun going on that hockey's uh, championship run. So looking forward to doing both those things. And the one thing that college hockey talked that I guess I didn't like about it was it was like kind of the same thing over and over again, doing the same interviews. So I'm hoping that these two platforms will get me the chance to write more, get media credentials, meet, get more connections by meeting people in person, but also getting to cover the sport I love and talk about hockey more and not just focus on getting guests and trying to help out the social media. So I'm looking forward to my new role and obviously college hockey talk isn't going away. It'll still be around, but I'm very thankful for um, the time I've had here and for my next steps and opportunities after this. Yeah, that's really exciting. Congratulations with all that. Like you're going to be learning so much and experiencing a lot of new stuff. It's going to be really cool. Well, I thank you for being my last guest. I couldn't, I couldn't want, I wouldn't want anyone else to be my final guest. Um, I was going to say you're one of my favorite guests I've ever had on and one of my favorite players to watch. And obviously, you know, even though you're not, you don't play in hockey, I'll still find a chance, find a way to see you play in person and meet you in person as well. Uh, yeah, so, definitely. So thank you so much for what you've done for myself and keep doing great things and big Penn state women's hockey fan over here. So thank you for that. Great. Love that. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Great few interviews. Great to be a part of this. I really enjoyed it. And good luck with everything you're doing. You're going to awesome. do great. Same with yourself. I know you're going to win that CHA championship one day. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing that photo of you holding the trophy. I think that will be probably your most liked Instagram photo, maybe besides the yeah. U18 World Championship one. But thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview of College Hockey Talk. If you want to check out our older interviews, make sure to do that. You can do that on the Apple Podcast page, Spotify account, or our YouTube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media accounts at College Hockey Talk, and I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. But until then, take care and have a great day. Bye. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you Yeah, got me, baby Got me hooked on you once again